Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to the Bedtime Stories. My name is Pijn van der Sloot and these are my daily thoughts as an artist in Amsterdam during the COVID-19 crisis. So first of all, always a selection of things I have read in the news in the tsunami of information we are getting these days from uh, news channels or uh, social media. And uh, I just give my comments on it. Um, so let's hear them from today. Today is 17th of April and uh, today I will start with uh, some good news, kind of. Uh, from Amsterdam, from uh, the Netherlands. Uh, today I read an article uh, that the municipality wants to implement uh, this new way of economy, which is called the donut uh, economy. And I don't know if you heard heard it, um, but it is a concept by this economist. And I'm gonna Google while I speak because I didn't do that before I started recording. Sorry about it. Donut economy. Economics, yeah, something like that. Uh, by Kate R- Rabort. Um, and what she explained that I kind of I already uh, knew about this uh, years ago. And uh, it's it's a way of uh, having economic, which is like the shape of a donut, and kind of what what it all comes down to to it. I mean, if you are interested, you can just Google it. Um, uh, donut economical model and you will find it and you can read about it because it's very interesting and the key in this whole thing is that it uh, it, uh, it is visualized as a circle as kind of like a donut um, and it is about companies and businesses that um, yeah how we now have the economy the the, the goal of every company is to make as much um, profit as possible right and uh, it always needs to grow, you know. If you buy stocks in a company, it always needs to grow, etc., etc. So it's all based on this endless growth. And I've been speaking about that before in uh, in my podcasters. And uh, what happens is that if you reach a certain point that your company is so big, um, the profit doesn't add uh, on the balance with the effects it has on climate uh, or on nature, let's say. So when a company becomes so big, it influences so much the the yeah Mother Earth that it's not worth it anymore to be so big, right? That's kind of like in a nutshell what is this whole thing. And the donut uh, model is that once you reach this maximum let's say of how you much your company can grow that's it you know because if you go out of there it's it's uh, not good for the environment uh, even though if you make tons of money and you invest them again you know it doesn't balance it anymore um, and what happens if everybody would apply these models we wouldn't have this huge fucking multinationals uh, where, you know, I spoke about it yesterday, about uh, Amazon, for example, or this other one, the Spanish with the uh, fast fashion um, worldwide, um, or Shell or whatever. You know, all these multinationals we always speak about, they are like, they are monsters created by the capitalism. Uh, and you can kind of like defeat them by implementing this uh, economical model of of, uh, of the donuts. So what was very good news today is that um, the municipality municipality of Amsterdam 
they want to apply this. Uh, they are seeing if they can apply this uh, economical model to the city. Uh, so yeah, I'm a big fan. That's a very good step forward. So I really hope they manage to get it, uh, to get the, all the approvals for it. Let's see how that uh, devel develops in the future. Um, and then I wanted to go um, over the ocean and we arrived to the epicentrum of the COVID-19 at the moment. That's uh, the United States. And um, there are a couple of things that are happening. Uh, and one is that uh, the government is launching an investigation uh, to see if the virus, and now they still use the word accidentally, uh, came out of a, of a laboratory in China. Uh, and Trump has been calling this virus the, the China virus for, uh, for a long time, uh, since the beginning, actually. And uh, now they are launching this investigation. And when I read it, I was like, what, uh, what, what is this? What, uh, what is the beginning? Uh, like, why, uh, why they're doing this? And why uh, is it now brought, like, really casually still? Like... I, I can imagine this is something that that could escalate, you know, like if you suddenly Trump starts to blame the Chinese uh, for for the, for this outbreak. Um, yeah, it can. Uh, I don't know where that can lead, you know, uh, because this this Donald uh, Trump is like total psychopath, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's very, very unpredictable. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So <clears throat> I also was seeing uh, some of the shows like Trevor Noah today uh, in the evening. And um, yeah, uh, for example, the unemployment in the United States is now uh, around 16 million people who lost their job uh, or don't have a job. And uh, when I heard that number, I was like, holy shit, that is everybody that lives in the Netherlands, you know, uh, that's the scale of what's happening in the United States. And then I see this press conferences of Trump and when he gets critical questions by uh, journalists um, and uh, yeah I see that and I'm like holy fucking shit uh, I, I don't know how the, how America the United States is gonna come out of this you know like um, so yeah and uh, anyone listening uh, from the States I would say like uh, start acting like now you know like I, I think we um yeah, you should uh, r rise up. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, in your communities, people have to really start collaborating and really start helping each other. Um, because from the government side, it's just total madness, you know. And um, yeah, it's very unbelievable to see. So uh, yeah, I have... Uh, <laughs> today I was uh, in, in a kind of like a very uh, rebellious mood. So listening to all this protest uh, songs and uh, and uh, yeah like uh, public enemy and uh, uh, rage against the machine uh, type of music you know and i was like yeah the people should really rise up if it like it's going really uh, downhill in the states and uh, yeah I, yeah i don't know this is the moment maybe to uh, start start a, a rebellion you know <laughs> yeah and not, not not maybe not only in the in the in the states but uh, yeah, everywhere, you know, from home, you know, like a home rebellion. Um, I had this, um, I have this idea for this poster. I will probably make it uh, tomorrow or something. This uh, song I was speaking about, uh, Jill Scott Heron, uh, I was speaking yesterday. It's called The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. 
And uh, yeah, I think uh, this revolution will definitely be will be televised, and television is is our internet at the moment. And uh, so yeah, it's not it's not a rebellion of like uh, going to the streets and protesting. It's it's an online rebellion that needs to uh, really get uh, moving. And um, I also made a poster today. Uh, I will tell you maybe more on the personal things about other ways how you can rebel at the moment um, against the governments that are acting poorly. Uh, so yeah, stay strong, uh, United States people. And um, yeah, start, uh, start uh, rising. I also like to share my personal experiences during this crisis because it helps me a lot to share them um, and also I think it's interesting to see how everybody deals with them. Uh, I'm a visual artist myself uh, and that's the scene I work in so usually it's related to uh, art um, and also how I deal with this crisis on a more visual level like the things I'm making these days. Let's hear them. What are you doing, Pai? So yeah, I was already speaking uh, in the in the news about it, but I made this this today this poster, which uh, the text says, um, uh, "I do not pay the rent." And then there is uh, this face of this character, uh, and then the character is called Don Ramon, and it's like a uh, he comes from a popular culture in the, in South America. It's a, a Mexican. Uh, yeah, series for kids that uh, plays in a, like a little neighborhood and then uh, it follows the Chavo del Ocho is one of the characters. He is, uh, uh, yeah, like uh, he lives in a, in a barrel, a wooden barrel on the street. And then uh, there's all the neighbors of the, of the neighborhood and that live there and the kids of the neighbors. And anyways, um, I watched that as a kid because I grew up in South America. So yeah, every afternoon uh, after the, the tea, uh, we could watch the Chavo El Ocho and kind of each episode is kind of like a, a similar, you know, but they have all these li little stories each time. And um, yeah, there is one character, which is Don Ramon. And he was always my favorite. Like this guy is like super funny. And uh, I got more interested in him later on because he kind of became this icon in uh, in yeah popular culture, as I said, uh, like a, this symbol of the working class in uh, Latin America. Because he uh, he's kind of like unemployed in the in the series, uh, but he always tries to uh, earn some money, you know, to get food uh, uh, for for him and for his uh, kid. And uh, he's a widow because his wife passed away. And um, he does all these jobs that are like really the working class, you know, like uh, 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 fixing the streets or uh, being a hairdresser or uh, 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 trash uh, picking up the trash, you know, all these kind of jobs. Uh, that we, uh, uh, yeah, many times take for granted in society. Um, and what is very funny about him is that he, uh, he never pays the rent. So each episode, there is this big, um, big uh, rich guy that owns the neighborhood. He comes to collect the rent, and, but Don Ramon never pays. <laughs> so in the series, it's like already like uh, somebody, I was reading about it online, somebody make a calculation, I think. Uh, uh, 14 months uh, there's like for 14 months episodes so the um, he he never paid uh, the rent even though I read in somewhere that one time he paid but it was yeah he had some uh, 
doesn't matter. You know, it's about the fact that he, uh, yeah, he's the working class and he doesn't pay his rent. So I use this symbol to make these posters that say, uh, I don't pay the rent. And um, I, I already had this idea uh, a while ago. And then I thought like, yeah, maybe uh, I should uh, put that online when the, when the time is right for the, for the Dutch, you know. Uh, because I live in the in uh, the Netherlands, and here we still many get like a, like uh, uh, how do you call it from the government money, so they actually can still pay the rent. You know, everybody has kind of like an income that is loose, uh, had to close or doesn't have a job. But then I realized that um, yeah, we are very privileged here in the Netherlands in that sense. Uh, but many many countries and many millions of people around the world. Uh, don't have it like that so I was like fuck I'm I need to post it now you know because um, people um, in other countries they they already need to start with this uh, rebellion of not paying the rent uh, because if you lose your job uh, you know there is no uh, free healthcare in your country and uh, the government doesn't secure you uh, like a basic uh, income fuck that shit man I wouldn't pay anything like no no water, no gas, no electricity, no no rent, nothing, you know, and uh, until this this crisis is uh, is is a, a little bit more over, and then uh, see how uh, yeah how how you can uh, uh, yeah. So th- the first step is to stop paying, and then seeing how you can build towards uh, a system again that works, and um, yeah, I call it rent strike, you know, like and I've seen in some. Uh, Instagrams already like um, the radical graffiti uh, account I follow, you know, like people are already doing the graffiti also with that, you know, like uh, don't pay the rent or uh, landlords uh, stay away and, and this kind of uh, uh, messages on the streets. And uh, yeah, it sounds very uh, radical, but uh, this is a really unique crisis we are in. And uh, if you if, if you lost your job and and uh the, you're the, you don't have an income just you know like uh, rebel <laughs> stop paying that shit and then see uh, uh if we all do it then um yeah you they will they will notice how much strength we all have if we work together you know if everybody goes to the banks tomorrow and pins all their money they have the all the banks collapse you know um so it's the same with the with with the renting you know and and the, and the expensive housing and uh yeah if uh if the government doesn't uh take care of its population you know uh, then uh, the population has to take care of themselves and this is uh yeah an action that can uh, have a huge impact um yeah then i'm i'm, I'm uh, today i was really into the design thing and uh yeah i have a design background graphic design background but then I started uh, focusing on my autonomous uh, visual arts uh, projects. But uh, the iconography uh, that I use in my uh, in my work, so it's, it's the dots, the colors, the grids, you know, they um, and my artworks are a bit more abstract, you know. Uh, and the, but this this iconog- iconography, it's very nicely. Uh, uh, I can use it very nicely into uh, graphic design. So I just add typography and then. Suddenly, it's like a very minimalistic poster, um, and all these messages I want to put in the posters they totally fit to my art also. So it's a very nice combination. And uh, I was applying to uh, one open call today, and I was sending the work, and I was writing there like 
um, yeah, I'm an artist, but I have a graphic design background. And in the fine art world, sometimes they look down on design, you know, like they don't fully appreciate yet. Um, but I think those two disciplines are not so different, you know, like good design is almost, it's, it's like art, you know, uh, and especially when uh, they meet in activism, uh, then they just make each other stronger. The art becomes stronger, the design becomes stronger. Um, so yeah, uh, today I was making a recollection. I was going through all the posters I made so far. Uh, yeah, some are really bad and so <laughs> some are actually like really good, uh, in my opinion. Uh, especially of, because of the simplicity. Uh, so now I was kind of like making a collection of these icons I, uh, I was designing with, you know, like really simple, strong uh, graphic shapes. Uh, I will be posting that tomorrow. Um, and, and today I also made uh, another one about boycotting uh, Jeff Bezos, in which I used um, their logo and then the, the, the boycott symbol on top of it. Um, and because the smiley of uh, the, uh, the logo of Amazon has this smiley in it, right? So I only took the smiley uh, that was enough to uh, to um, yeah to recognize it as Amazon. And uh, yeah, if we all if nobody orders on Amazon, they're fucked. You know the same. You know, all, if we all together decide to do something, we have so much power, so much strength, and then then they're gonna listen to us. You know. Uh, so yeah, in the Netherlands, uh, I think Amazon just arrived. So fuck it, you know, just don't order on Amazon. And then for the rest of the world, uh, they also should all stop, you know. And there are other companies you can you can use. Uh, yeah, I was speaking about this yesterday also. So uh, yeah, I'll leave it to that. I, I now, just now finished uh, another poster. Uh, I will also be posting tomorrow that. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. But <laughs> It's about it. It refers to this poster about uh, Jeff Bezos, but then, uh, yeah, in combination with the, with the, how the how bad the art world also is, uh, slave to the to the capital, you know. Uh, yeah, I'll be sharing that tomorrow. This chapter is called Humanity Twenty, and Humanity Twenty. Um, I came up with that name because we have to be one step ahead of COVID-19. Uh, we are humanity living in 2020 and here I share all the nice initiatives that I see that are appearing around me to try to fight this virus and try to unite uh, the people and uh, create new uh, strong and uh, communities full of solidarity and empathy to each other. Here I wanted to uh, point out uh, th three uh, um, projects, initiatives today. And the first one is uh, Eike Koning. Uh, it's this artist uh, from Germany. And uh, he does amazing work. Um, give, yeah, check him out. Uh, I really like it. It's what I was speaking in the podcast today also about. Uh, he's a graphic designer that now works more uh, uh, autonomously as a visual artist. But he works with typography and uh, uh, yeah, very graphical and with logos and, you know, like, uh, but yeah, he speaks a lot about capitalism um, yeah, the, and the times we live in um, and, uh, yeah, the, the strength of, of rebellion and uh, finding yourself um, in his work. And yeah, I'm a very big fan. And uh, I was really happy because yesterday um, I received his poster uh, called Riot. Uh, and I, I always wanted to buy a, a work of him. And now he has this action in which 
uh, he sells the artwork for half the price. Uh, and then you can decide as the buyer uh, where you send the other half of the, what the artwork actually was costing. Um, and um, yeah, then he, uh, so he sent you the artwork and you only pay like half to him. And then you, he asks you in the email like, hey, uh, where did you send the money to? Maybe tell us about the initiatives. So I've been sharing kind of this Humanity 20 initiatives um, that uh, we have been supporting here in Amsterdam. And uh, yeah, it was a very nice uh, com conversation with uh, with Eike. Um, and the second initiative I wanted to speak is my friend Lisa, Lisa Witte. She makes uh, like perfumes and, and soaps and she's a designer. Uh, beautiful things. Uh, I was lucky to collaborate with her on a project of uh, Julian Hetzel. Um, and uh, yeah, I uh, she wrote me today, uh, and I, two days ago, and then she has this uh, doll, you know, like sour doll um, that is alive with bacteria. Um, and um, uh, she asked if you want to make bread with this, you need like this mother doll, right? Because it's like a li it's a living organism. And um, every time you bake bread, you have to take a little bit and then uh, keep it in your fridge so for the next one. And then she was uh, starting to share this in Amsterdam. So she's giving uh, this this uh, little bits to everybody so they can start their own uh, their own uh, breads. And um, yeah, she was telling me that this has a very long history, that it comes from Litauer, uh, uh, Latvia. Uh, and now uh, she already had like 10 friends or something in Amsterdam that she's uh, now sharing it in this uh, uh, crisis time. And yeah, it's a lot of fun to bake bread. It's uh, a lot cheaper. Uh, the bread is way nicer, healthier. Um, and it's a beautiful way of being connected because uh, this bread is made with, uh, with this organism that are also in other people's houses. So it's like this family of, uh, <laughs> of sourdough. And um, yeah, she brought it today and it was uh, nice to, to chat with her. And um, the last one I wanted to... Uh, to point out is uh, my friends from uh, Boycott Books, uh, this uh, little book uh, publisher in Amsterdam I spoke before. Uh, and they have on their website now uh, many uh, um, coloring sheets from illustrators um, that they ask if they want to make uh, illustrations to uh, offer on the website. And then uh, you can download at home the, the, the illustrations and print them out and then your kids at home can color them. Um, because yeah, now it's very difficult to uh, keep the kids uh, busy at home because uh, uh, yeah, they cannot go to school or uh, or outside. Uh, so yeah, it's very nice to see, and the illustrations are very cool. So check it out, uh, boycott books. Um, tomorrow, some more nice initiatives in this humanity twenty. And we arrive to the last chapter of this podcast, and that, that is always uh, the fellowship. And uh, this is uh, uh, the part where I analyze the books of Tolkien, uh, especially The Lord of the Rings, because I see a parallel with the story of those books, with uh, the crisis we are confronting at the moment. And in short, it means it goes like this. Sauron, the bad guy, um, equal, equals capitalism, consumerism, bio-industry, corruption, greed and fear. So actually all the things we think are wrong in the world we are living in now, today. And the ring, the one ring, equals uh, COVID-19. 
And then we arrive to the fun part, and that is the fellowship of the ring, which is uh, the humankind uh, working together. And in this um, chapter of, of the podcast, I will go deeper into some of the characters. Um, so yeah, let's hear which one we have today. Ha, I couldn't wait to arrive to this. The fellowship, uh, analyzing uh, the stories of the Lord of the Rings by Tolkien and uh, yeah, uh, making parallels with uh, the crisis situations we are in now. Um, yeah, the, this these books uh, have like a very long history in my life and my whole family's life because uh, my parents are also big fans and uh, yeah, it kind of has been an inspiration uh, for generations in, in our family. And uh, it's beautiful to see that now also in these times uh, it inspires uh, uh, a lot of us to start uh, uh, taking action. Um, And to analyze the parallels, I uh, wanted to speak about today about Saruman. And uh, yeah, Saruman is um, a very interesting character because he is one, uh, he's a wizard and uh, he was sent to Middle Earth together with uh, other wizards, including Gandalf. And he's like the leader of this, uh, of this, of this uh, crew of wizards that arrive here. And their mission is to um, yeah, uh, make sure the, uh, yeah, Sauron is defeated, the, the, the evil bad force. Um, but Saruman, uh, yeah, what is interesting maybe uh, to make a parallel with, uh, with our times is that Saruman he uses the Palantirs, um, and I've been speaking about the Palantirs uh, yesterday. Uh, the, it's, it is the, the right, uh, extreme right-wing media and uh, fake news. Um, that is, uh, th- those are the Palantirs. And Saruman uses these Palantirs to, uh, yeah, to get in touch with Sauron, and, uh, and then Sauron kind of like corrupts him. Uh, but... And Saruman also uh, secretly wants to be the the Lord, the ruler of of everything himself. So he's like he's like pretending he's working with uh, with um, with Sauron, but at the same time he is um, yeah trying to get the ring uh, so he can have all the power, right? So the parallel. Um, I wanted to make to our time. I think Saruman is like the 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 leaders, the populist leaders, uh, racist and uh, xenophobe popular leaders we have now. Um, just to name a few: uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil, um, Trump in the United States, uh, Boris Johnson in England. You know, these are these are Sarumans, and what they do uh, in the books. When they, well, they use the Palantirs, right, to uh, to communicate with with Sauron, and then when they want, they need to create their own army, and uh, they uh, Saruman lives in Isengard, and then he creates this new way of uh, new type of uh, orcs. It's called the Urugais, and uh, yeah, they are stronger and bigger than normal orcs, and um, Isengard is like a industry, right? So. What they do is like uh, to make weapons, etc. They go to the to the forest, which is uh, close by, the Fangorn Forest, and they start to chop down all the trees and, and everything, and they make weapons and, st- and shit like that from it. 
uh, and this whole Isengard becomes like this huge industry factory of of uh, <clears throat> yeah of, of uh, armies, um, and um, he gets uh, he gets uh, at one point in the story he has Gandalf as a prisoner also. So uh, if you remember well, Gandalf are the people that are trying to create awareness and really inform the people, you know, so there can be journalists or anyone that is writing. And then, uh, like, what does Bolsonaro or Trump, you know, what do they do with journalists that ask critical questions? They, they yeah, they, they put them away as, uh, as, as if they are the fake news, you know, like put it against them. And, uh, yeah, it's all lies and, and uh, uh, de- deceiving, you know, what is the word for that? But um, yeah, it's also precedents that I really think it's very important to uh, yeah, to keep these old industries that we have in the world, you know, like the coal industry and all this kind of. They want to keep that running, and they they uh, use racism to um, yeah to get certain people behind them. Uh, and uh, yeah, Bolsonaro is a perfect example of Saruman, you know, like uh, what is happening with the Amazon forest now, you know, that suddenly he's allowing to everybody to go there and cut the trees and. Um, yeah, uh, perf- perfect example of, uh, of, of a Saruman. Um, and yeah, then there is, uh, Saruman has a, a guy that helps him, it's Grima, and Grima has something to do with Theoden. I will continue on that story tomorrow, because then I'll go maybe speak about Grima, and, or maybe speak about Theoden, what kind of roles they are. Um, but yeah, Saruman is uh, industry and uh, destruction of nature, uh, racism, uh, f- uh, fake information. Um, so yeah, the populist leaders that we have now, and uh, yeah, they need to be defeated uh, in this journey of the of the fellowship. So that was the podcast for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, stay strong, stay fit, stay positive, and uh, please stay at home. Uh, to the people that are working in a vital profession of our society, thank you a lot. Thank you very much. Uh, you are keeping the society uh, running. Um, and uh, I always finish the podcast with a proposition for a song. And I made a new, uh, well, not new, but I've been making this playlist on Spotify and it's called um, The Fellowship Resistance and uh, in that uh, playlist I have uh, a lot of songs, inspiring songs in, in, time, in time of this crisis uh, and it goes from punk music to uh, yeah, really poppy songs but also uh, hip-hop and uh, cumbias and uh, yeah, classical music, opera, uh, it's all like mixed, it's total mixture, you know, like I love music but not only one genre. Um, and uh, so they are randomly mixed so you get a really funny uh, uh, if you play them all uh, after each other you get a really funny day <laughs> at home listening to all these different uh, types of music and um, today I'm gonna play you Sabotage by the Beastie Boys so um, if it doesn't work on the podcast because that, uh, for some people it works for other not uh, but just uh, go Spotify and uh, put Sabotage after uh, you finish with the podcast, which is now. Bye.